our scripture passage for actually today and next Sunday. It's from the book of Psalms. It's Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name forever and ever. Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised, his greatness is unsearchable. One generation shall laud your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. On the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. The might of your awesome deeds shall be proclaimed and I will declare your greatness. They shall celebrate the fame of your abundant goodness and shall sing aloud of your righteousness. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all. And his compassion is over all that he has made. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord. And all your faithful shall bless you. They shall speak of the glory of your kingdom and tell of your power to make known to all people your mighty deeds and the glorious splendor of your kingdom. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your dominion endures throughout all generations. The Lord is faithful in all his words and gracious in all his deeds. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, satisfying the desire of every living thing. The Lord is just in all his ways and kind in all his doings. The Lord is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth, he fulfills the desire of all who fear him. He also hears their cry and saves them. The Lord watches over all who love him, but all the wicked he will destroy. My mouth will speak the praise of the Lord, and all flesh will bless his holy name forever and ever. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Worship is powerful, but it's so easy for us to overlook just how powerful worship can be. Because the thing is, when we worship, we're changed. Every time we worship, God does something in us. Every time we worship. God does something. But the thing is, we can sing songs, we can be present in church on Sunday mornings, we can say beautiful prayers and still not be worshiping. Because worshiping isn't about the words that we speak. Worship isn't about the things that we do. Worship is about us opening ourselves up to the God who is always present with us. Worship is is about our hearts being open to him and what he is doing and what God wants to do. Worship is focused on God. And we can sometimes get caught up in wanting to just 
say the right words and do the right things that we forget that sometimes the most worshipful thing we can do is just be still and be present no matter where we are in the midst of the God we are able to call Father. Worship, as Stephanie said, it, it, it can happen anywhere. As I said last week, we can be eating a bowl of cereal and that can be an act of worship if, if in that moment our heart is open to the God who is present with us. The God who is in that simple and easily overlooked moment actively pursuing us, desiring us, and wanting us to recognize his presence. Worship can happen anywhere. Worship can't be limited. But at the same time, in Scripture we find certain verses that, that tell us what is called for from us when it comes to worshiping God. What is called for from those of us who know God more than just knowing about God but actually know him. Last year, some of us went to a worship conference in Nashville, Tennessee. And the opening night, a pastor named Darren Whitehead, he spoke about these seven Hebrew words of praise. These seven Hebrew words that each are different in what they mean. And yet in our Bibles often are translated the same way as praise or worship. And he spoke about each of these different words and what they mean for us. What what they're telling us is called for from us. And so today and next Sunday, we're going to be looking at these seven different words. Today we're just going to start with three. But I... I can honestly tell you, and anyone else who went to that conference can tell you that these words have stuck with us. That, and I I was a little cynical at first when he said it. Um, They really have helped change how I look at worship. And sometimes you'll find these words are a little uncomfortable at times. But the first word I want us to look at is the word, and I may be pronouncing it wrong, but it's the word Tehillah. And we find it in Psalm 34 where it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Tehillah is is a word that means that a spontaneous song that words have just sprung up in our heart in response to something that God has done. Or in response to seeing the sun rise. And in our hearts, something comes up in us that just speaks, how good are you, Lord? How glorious are your works? I think we've all had these moments where we encounter something. And something something just comes on our heart. In praise and worship 
of God for who he is. Something comes up in us when we experience his presence and goodness in our lives. But what Tehillah is about is not keeping it in. It's about speaking it aloud, even if we're alone, not letting the the words of praise that come up in our lives just be kept within, but spoken aloud for even just creation to hear. The words that we feel so strongly in the moment. Tehillah is the word of of praise and worship that reminds us that, that every now and then, that we will encounter the goodness of God in such a way that we just have to speak what is on our heart. The second word I want us to look at is Barak. And in Psalm 95, it says, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Barak isn't at all musical. Barak is entirely a posture of the body. It is kneeling before God. It is kneeling before the one whom we acknowledge in that moment we have nothing without God. That it is only because of God that we have hope, that we have life, that we know what it means to love and to be loved. Barak is about willing to humbly kneel before God and place ourselves before him. But something that's beautiful about this word is that it's not just us kneeling with heads bowed to the ground, but it's us kneeling with eyes cast upwards at the one who sits on the throne. It's us in this moment of kneeling before him, looking up and taking in the beauty of our Savior. Tehillah is about not letting the praise that that bubbles up within us just, just die within. Barak is about being willing to kneel before God, actually kneel before him with eyes on him. Just this posture of worship before the one we are able to know and the one who, who knows us. The third word that I want us to learn today is Tauda. Tauda I've spoken about once before in worship. And Tauda is, I think, sometimes the hardest word. Taldah is the word of bold worship. Taldah is about worshiping with expectant faith. It is about worshiping in anticipation of what God is going to do. Taldah is about naming the promises of God as truth. This past Friday, we had a funeral at the church, and Miss Ware's 
grandson spoke about his heartbreak at the loss of his grandmother. But, but he talked about, you know, how, the, how they prayed for her healing. Here we were at their funeral, at her funeral. And, and he said, this young man at seven, age 17 said, but my grandmother is healed. Not in the way I wanted, but she is healed. Taldah is about naming the fact that even if it doesn't happen the way we want, that we know and still stand upon the promises of God. That, that in the face of complete darkness and devastation, that we proclaim aloud and we live in a way that speaks of a light that has come into the world that can never be overtaken. Tada is the word we use when we just need to proclaim God's truth in the midst of the storms of life. We, we experience Taldah in the book of Job. The book of Job, where this man loses everything he has and everyone he loves. And, and throughout the entire book, he can't figure out why. But in chapter 19, he says this beautiful line in the midst of complete loss. He says, for I know that my Redeemer lives and that at the last he will stand upon the earth. Worship is about proclaiming the truth, the words that that spring forth from our heart about the goodness of the Lord that we see and experience in life. Worship is about being willing to kneel before the God who is our King with eyes focused on Him. Worship is about proclaiming the promises of God. Even when everything is telling us that that it just can't be. Worship, when we worship, we proclaim, we speak with our actions, with our words, the faith that is in us. That's why worship's important. Because when we worship, when we are when we worship, we experience God, we encounter God, and God moves in us, and God forms us. And the more that we worship him, the more and more present he is in our lives. The more and more we see when we're eating our cereal, when we're with friends, the presence of God with us. And we worship him with everything that we have. But worship, these words can make us uncomfortable because we don't want to kneel sometimes. Worship is uncomfortable because sometimes when we're, we're faced with the storms of life and everyone is telling us that what we believe is foolish, worship calls for us to speak the promises of God as our truth. In a world that doesn't know it. Worship 
is uncomfortable because we may be in the midst of a store and we we see something so good and in the words of great are you god just springs up on our heart and and we look around in a crowded place and we're scared to speak the words aloud but worship isn't bound and worship will sometimes make us uncomfortable but the question is is the god we worship is he worth us being willing to make ourselves uncomfortable to name his presence, to name his goodness, to name what he has done, what he is doing, and what we know he will do in the end. Worship isn't easy. And what I want to encourage all of us to do this week, because I've been thinking about this myself since I figured out the question I wanted to ask, and that is, Which of these words this week makes us the most uncomfortable? Which of the words this week is the hardest for us? Is it kneeling before God? Is it speaking aloud the words that come and just arise on our heart? Is it proclaiming God's promises as our truth? Which of these is the hardest for us right now? This week, I want to encourage us to try and live into that, to try and worship, to, to really take that word, whichever is the hardest for us right now, and to seek to worship God in that manner and just see what happens, to see how God moves. This morning is going to be a little different. After I pray, the the worship team is going to do two songs at the end. Because we're doing a series on worship. So we thought it was important to, to end with two songs where we, as the children of God, are able to proclaim together the glory of God and His majesty. And so this morning, as the worship team starts to make their way back to the front, during these last two songs, the front is open for any who feel led to come and pray. And the offering baskets will be passed during the beginning of the first song. I just realized I forgot that. Um, But really and truly, may we take this time to worship and be present with God. To take this time surrounded by fellow believers in a community that can give us strength. Maybe take this time to, to praise the name of the one who has given us everything. Let's pray. Holy are you, Lord, and great are you. Everything we are, everything we have is because of you, and we just give you thanks. Lord, 
in this time and in every part of our lives. May you give us the boldness to worship you, to name you, to be with you. Because you are worth every second of our lives. We love you, Lord. And it's to you this day we gather to worship.